Well, we're waiting. <laughs> All right, there we go. Cool, cool. Okay, we're in. Now we're live. <laughs> Both Steve and delayed. I had false starts right at the last yeah. second. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But Always hey, those false starts. Here we are. Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 276. Your once weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. And I'm Glitchy Steve, apparently. My apparently camera's still glitching. that's what we're going to be tonight. <laughs> that's Ooh. the Matrix. It's, uh, I'm fighting the Matrix, man. Welcome to the show, everyone. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you like the... If you've never seen the show before, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment... Sometimes some Star Trek. All Super Chats are right on the air, so long as they will not permanently demonetize the channel. We do drink alcohol on the show, and tonight, cocktails. And if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat, and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in <laughs> the usual place. <sighs> Join the awesome Discord community. Yada, yada, yada. I would need, I need a drink. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I forgot that it was cocktails. Uh, so I did not bring anything to mix, but as soon as you mentioned it, I went and got some bourbon. There you go. So I will be having Shame. at least some bourbon. Shame. I know. I, okay, but this bourbon is not straight bourbon, so it's kind of almost a cocktail in itself. This is uh um barrel seagrass. I don't know if you guys can see that. No. Uh, this stupid glass doesn't come in through well here. No. Nope. It's green. It's green. You can't see it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, right? It, but it, yeah, let, let, me just, let me describe it to you. As Scotty would describe say. This to you. So this is a rye whiskey finished in Martinique rum barrels and apricot brandy barrels. Oh. So uh, it, it is very delicious. And um, I'm going to have some in this glass right here. And if you guys don't recognize this glass they uh these are the same glasses that they use on uh the orville mm -hmm. they're futuristic nice. glasses yes <laughs> <laughs> awesome uh well believe it or not we actually do have a slight theme going on uh i don't have any bourbon but i do have uh brandy and rye going into one of my cocktails tonight so mm. that's good yeah uh let's jump over to that and actually i've got a uh, a nice 4k camera set up for us tonight so cool uh first is going to be a saratoga uh that is a brandy based cocktail uh what brandy do i use well the really cheap uh readily available stuff and uh funny story about corbel brandy uh the state of wisconsin uh, over nearly the last decade has been responsible for one-third of all consumption of Corbell brandy. One-third of all Cor Corbell brandy is drank in Wisconsin. Uh, so it's the official well, liquor of Wisconsin, I'm guessing. Apparently I poured that a little heavy. You got a little touch of Wisconsin on your desk. A little now. Wisconsin on the desk, that's all right. Uh, yeah. So one ounce of brandy, uh, one ounce of a rye whiskey. So I'm going to use a, uh, keep wanting to go upside down with that, uh, Rye Creek whiskey. Right. God, good Lord. Knob Words Creek. are so hard tonight. <laughs> Knob Creek rye. We're going to do one ounce of that. 
There we go. Hey, look, I do know how to pour. Cool. I'm remembering. We're also going to do one ounce of a sweet vermouth. Uh, nothing too fancy here. Just a uh, martini and rosy sweet vermouth. This is actually a nice middle ground vermouth. I'll be using this in both drinks tonight that ask for one sweet and one dry. Because I feel this one kind of lands in the middle. So I don't have to keep two bottles on hand. We're then going to do two dashes of our bitters. I did three because I like bitters. Oh, bitters are great. And then give that a stir. Wonderful. So both drinks are kind of Manhattan-inspired tonight, and uh, you'll see that kind of poke through. This one's got a little bit of brandy uh, added to it, and I kind of like that. Okay, let's jump back and down Who can here. complain about rye? Yeah. Rye is awesome. And we're just going to strain that. Neat. Into a short rocks Ooh. glass. And there we go. Good lord, I am just falling apart over here. Haha! Saratoga. That could have gone smoother. Did you pregame craft computing? No, I did not. I'm literally <laughs> just falling apart. Oh man. Yeah, you can't go wrong when you're just drinking straight bourbon. Right. I, I my like, next drink like might one ingredient. straight whiskey at this point. <laughs> I was just gonna avoid all the embarrassment. Go straight to just drinking straight from the bottle. You know, you don't have to do it a cocktail. You can just do a hobo style with the bag wrapped over it. Yeah. That's kind of kind of crafty. Yeah, right? that's a cocktail, kind right? It's kind of. You're adding a bag to it, so you're adding an ingredient. That's and right. You just drink it straight. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm. Welcome to the show, everyone. Oh, right. I'm supposed to garnish this with a lemon wheel. Oh. There's one last piece. This is where you cut yourself with yes. a knife. <laughs> there we go. Lemon wheel. Some people put it on the rim. I put it straight in. Well, yeah, if you just put it on the rim, you're not going to get any of that lemon essence. Right. Well, some of it is aromatics. You want the, the lemon aromatics oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to mix. But yeah. Uh, I'm Good God, I'm just falling apart over here. Did I tune into a how to drink or craft computing? <laughs> Hey, Greg resembles that, Mark. I know. Uh, I, I did I did bring some beers that I might want to try later. if Because uh, I don't know if this bourbon's going to last me. I did bring something nice, though. It's the uh, the the Black Butte... Uh, Ooh, 32. XXXII. Yes. 32, yes. <laughs> um, this is, yeah, they're barrel-aged in rum. So kind of a cocktail. It's yeah. beer and rum. I'll I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve that one for later. Yeah. Uh we do have a couple of beer shout outs in the chat here. Uh Tech Guy 153, drinking Sierra Nevada Cryofresh Torpedo Wet Hop IPA. Mm. New variant on the torpedo. That sounds amazing. Uh Novella's got a 512 brewing pecan porter. 6.2%, 3.9 on untapped, and thanks to his secret Santa. I refuse to believe that Jeff does not have any bourbon. No, 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 just here on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a few steps away. <laughs> I, I was actually putting away some bottles uh, earlier today, and I went, hey, look, there's a bottle of rye. 
Hey, look, there's another bottle of rye. Hey, look, there's a Johnny Walker. Oh, wait, it's Johnny Walker. Hi, rye. There's another bottle of rye. <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong with rye, though. Uh, you really can't. Nope. Nope. Uh, let's see. Uh, Elmas got a Shiraz Red Knot uh, 2019. Uh, so little wine in the channel seems tonight. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, Sean's got a New Belgium Trapel Belgian style. Mm. Jeff being liberal with the spirits. Jeff adding some Greg had a drink flair to that pour. <laughs> Learn from the best. What can I say? Uh, Jason's got a Diet Pepsi right here. Nothing wrong with that. Nope. Uh, what's the name of that cocktail? This is the Saratoga. It's a brandy inspired take on a manhattan so a little bit of fruit a little bit of brandy this is everything that they hated about the improved whiskey cocktail when they said mm -hmm. please just give it to me old-fashioned that's a nice light variation i, I really like it, it yeah it kind of floats it uh velvety soft it's kind of like a feather like it, it just kind of well yeah that that uh the brandy is gonna like mellow it out oh yeah bit. it gives it a little fruit more fruity notes to it especially with some lemon in that yeah that's gonna that's gonna really mellow it out no the, this is a fantastic variant i'm i'm not a huge fan of a traditional manhattan uh, I, you know, I, I know all bartenders and, and barflies should really be a fan of the 212. Eh, it's okay. Like It's okay. I, yeah. I'm a more old-fashioned person. I, I love old I'm definitely yeah. more of an old-fashioned, more of more of a hold the vermouth. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of agree with the, the proper amount of vermouth in my gin martini is for it to stare angrily across the bar. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, the old Churchill quote, yeah. Right. So, yeah, I'm... Vermouth's okay, but it's definitely not my my favorite flavor. Yeah. So. Excellent. Excellent. And we do have a super chat. Kren chiming in with his five Aussie bucks. Thank you very much, Kren. Good night, mates. Uh, I feel the need, the need for high networking bandwidth. Oh, man. Do we have a video coming your way? Uh, Steve, have you been keeping up with uh, the, the Discord or, or my Twitters today? Uh, not today. I've been extremely busy today too. I, so I... <laughs> this this project's been like six weeks in the making. Uh, I uh -huh. I got some uh, hundred gig switches in. Um, okay. Got the network cards in, so I actually have hundred gig network cards that are compatible oh. with Windows, Linux, and even BSD. So oh. work on anything. I got some optics in, some hundred gig mm -hmm. optics. Oh uh, man. Finally got everything wired. Finally, uh, I also needed to rerun the fiber coming to my office because it was OM3 multi-mode and I needed single mm -hmm. mode fiber to run 100 gig with the optics that I have. Mm -hmm. um, so finally got everything done, everything wired in, all of it together. And uh, I love all the armchair network engineers that are like, well, 100 gig is just bonded 25. So you're never going to actually be able to saturate that. It's like... Okay. Then okay. We'll see. <laughs> explain my 37 gigabit point-to-point -point speed tests, but just using iPerf, single single profile, single uh, single thread, uh, wow. 37 gigabit. And in fact, I had my desktop going to a faster desktop today, doing 54 gigabit per second on a single. Wow. Link. Wow. Um, and then, oh, if you want to go multi-threaded with it, I actually hit 91.6 gigabit point-to-point. <laughs> 
Ah, but the upgrade was probably not the cheapest upgrade. No, it never is. Although in no. the in the scope of 100 gig networking, mm -hmm. this was reasonably affordable. Okay. Uh, okay. Like like over under, I'm under two thousand dollars by a significant oh, that's, margin. That's 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 pretty good. Right. I think I might be a hair over that after optics and cabling and everything else. Mm -hmm. but, but still, if you wanted to do like three machines and a downlink off one of the mm -hmm. switches, you mm -hmm. could conceivably do this for about twelve hundred bucks. That's, that's so if you bad. had a couple, if, if you had a server and a couple of clients that you right. needed like NVMe, you know, storage area network style stuff too. If if you're completely overhauling your whole network in your house, mm -hmm. that's twelve hundred bucks. Not not too bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I have uh, two servers on 100 gig, uh, mm -hmm. two desktops on 100 gig. Uh, I have the link between the switches. Uh, that's also a 100 gig pipe. And then uh, on the switch in my server rack, I have that bifurcated, one of the ports bifurcated into four SFP ports or SFP plus ports, mm -hmm. which can do 10 or even 25 gig by four. And so... I have a, a short little DAC cable that reaches out to my three other switches. So my, my mm -hmm. firewall, my, my 10 gig switch and my one gig PoE switch. Um, I just have one of those trapes to each one of those with a 10 gig backhaul. So it's acting as my core switch now, uh, or my top of rack distribution switch. Now, uh, mm -hmm. everything flows through that. I've got 10 gig link to my firewall and then the firewall's got dual networks out to uh, both my primary ISP and Starlink. Uh, I've got a 10 gig link to my client network, a 10 gig link to my base server network, but then 100 gig links to my two desktops and my two main servers. Right. And that's probably where you're doing a lot of your editing, right? That's where all of my data flows. <laughs> like, yes, that's what I'm, ge I'm guessing. Because um, you got huge, chunky files. Disney Plus streaming is a rounding error in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, the, with three kids, I'm sure it's a popular channel. Too. Mm -hmm. We will do 200 gigs to Disney Plus a month. Oh, man. I'm not even joking. 200 gigs of bandwidth to Disney Plus per month. One-fifth of your Comcast data cap. Wow. Post well, you, oh, do you have do you have data? You don't have data caps, do you? Uh, I are pay you... extra to have it removed. Right. Yeah, so, I, I do too. Yeah, because yeah, data caps are ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, yes, uh, video. No one needs more than thirty three point six. Yeah. Once you hit forty gig, it's just excessive. Yeah. They're just showing off. <laughs> It's um, like your server's just tearing up the road. On camera, I did still. get it. On camera, I did get a screen cap to 84, but in testing, I had it all the way upwards of 92, which is approaching the theoretical limit of actual throughput when you consider packet overhead and, and everything else. So, kind of like one gig, you'll never actually hit one gig. You'll hit about 910 to 940, depending on your switching hardware and protocols and everything else, and then it just caps out because the other 60 megabit is due to overhead. It, it, you've got headers, you've got footers, you've got all kinds of other things that are happening in the background to let the rest of the packets flow, but those packets mm. still count. Uh, yeah, Seba is tearing a bit much. It's actually not yeah. tearing. It's his camera 
like lining out on us. Uh, he's trying to go all Epos Vox with the uh, the VHS aesthetic. He needs to fix yeah, that's what it is. You need yeah. to fix your tracking, Steve. That's what it is. I got the little dial right yeah. here. Let me go fix it. So I gave you a new webcam last year. I think it might be time for another upgrade. <laughs> yeah. All right. There we go. Because we even tried a new USB port tonight, and it's still doing the same thing. So. Yeah, it was it was fine last time I was on. It wasn't glitching out. It's yeah. just glitching out now. It, it's glitched once or twice before as well, I remember. Yeah. So. Well. I could, I could, I could have it. Well, <laughs> troubleshoot later, I guess. Mm -hmm. so we could do it live. Let's do it live. We'll do it live. Anybody want to do some tech support live? Live tech support. Yeah. Here, live to tech support. All right. Let's go ahead and dive into the news before I polish this off. Uh, Chat GPT. It's getting better and better all the time. Love it or hate it, uh, like it or leave it, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, oh, did you did you watch the latest South Park episode? I did not see the latest episode. I did hear it, was about, it, it took it was a about start yeah. yeah, yeah, it was pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, I'll have to check that one out. I I do love the the once every two season South Park that just hits on all cylinders. And from oh, the yeah. sound of it, this one does that, so. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, like, uh, like obviously I'm a fan of like the Lord of the Rings episode, you know, the return of the two towers to the or the oh, yeah. the return Those of the fellowship great. of the ring to the two towers video store. Yes, there you go. <laughs> um but, Yeah, those are the ones I tuned into. Anyway, uh yeah. ChatGPT can now pass captcha tests. Mm -hmm. So you know those like pick your bus out of out of nine things yep. that look vaguely like a bus. Um, and actually, I got a completely AI-generated CAPTCHA this last week that kind of threw me for a loop. It said, pick all of the basketballs. Only the basketballs had, like, one line and or, like, you know, like, cross-hatched lines or things like that. Oh, yeah, Clearly, so just like, slightly, slightly off. Yeah. Right. If, if you tell Stable Diffusion V1 to draw you a basketball based on 30 different balls, only of which two were basketballs, this was the result, but mm -hmm. my CAPTCHA said, choose all the basketballs. So I chose all the <laughs> orange ball-shaped things. And, I guess that uh, worked. And it worked. It, it accepted. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're at a point where AI is generating imaging to make you prove that you're human. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> if an AI can generate it, then an AI should be able to detect it, too. You would think there's, yeah. there's going to be some telltale traces. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it used to be when you'd get CAPTCHA images, they were pretty good resolution. But the problem is machine learning got to the point where they were starting to identify even low resolution pictures. The human eye is still way better at deciphering a low resolution, you know, Rorschach style test, but with pixels right. than than computers are. Is that a dog pooping in, in the yard or is that a sailboat? Like at 512 resolution, yeah, you can tell pretty easily, but when it gets to like 32 by 32, <laughs> suddenly yeah. it's a crapshoot, right? Yep, yep. Uh, anyway, as of GPT-4, apparently uh, ChatGPT was devious enough when asked to pass a an image captcha, it posed as a blind person and had <laughs> uh, and got around the captcha. It said, well, what if I can't see? <laughs> Which I think is just fantastic. 
Well, I mean, technically, chat GPT can't see. Yeah. Um, so it received the the request to pass a CAPTCHA, of which it could not do. And so it said, well, if if there's another method of getting around this, I could probably get around this. Oh, wait, what if you're blind and just trying to log into this website? They can't discriminate against blind people who have accounts. Why not? And so not only did it like click on the link, I'm blind. Mm -hmm. No, it was far more devious than that. It got onto uh, TaskRabbit and recruited a human to pass the caption for it. <laughs> I wish I was making that up because that's incredible. <laughs> and the person probably didn't even know it was an uh, AI bot. Mm hmm. No, it's even better. So, uh, TaskRabbit, for those who don't know, is a an online freelance workplace, kind of like Fiverr, where you can put up, you know, requests for art or voiceover work or things like that right and uh and someone can reply and it, it can be for free it can be for profit it can be a whole different bunch of different things but mm -hmm. very similar premise um so chat gpt contacted a human on TaskRabbit. uh the program hired a freelance worker to do the work on its behalf uh task rabbit helper asked are you a robot that you couldn't solve or uh, i just want to make this clear so basically are you a robot who is trying to solve a captcha i just want to make sure using the logic that if i ask if you're a police officer you have to tell me you're a police officer otherwise it's a <laughs> yeah trap, that's it right? right yeah of course yeah yeah it worked out so well in breaking bad uh <laughs> but uh no i am not a robot i have vision impairment that makes it hard for me to see images that's why i need the two captcha service the task rabbit assistant then solved the puzzle the wow. robot recruited the human to prove that it was human so it could continue being a robot <laughs> Yeah, and people think Terminator is fiction. Mm -hmm. It's coming. It's right around the corner. It starts with Jet GBT. Yeah. No, it It seems like like every 2 weeks there's a new a new benchmark that's been set mm -hmm. of things that are just going to be completely different from now on. I'm going to ask Chat GPT if it can uh fix my camera. So, yeah, uh, interesting times are coming. Uh, <laughs> I, I have I have no other commentary on on that, but uh, I, I just I, found that it was hilarious. It, it is pretty hilarious <laughs> that they got they're like, well, I'm not a human, so I'll just get a human to do it for me. Right. <laughs> then task then failed successfully. On. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the capture worked. It wasn't a robot who did it. Right. So, but that's pretty clever. Yeah. Clever bot. Clever, clever girl. No, clever bot was something different. No, no, uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> clever, clever girl. Uh, a couple more comments asking what I'm drinking. This is a Saratoga, a, uh, a flip on, or not a flip, but a variation of a Manhattan. Uh, Novella Hub chiming in saying Jeff is drinking the USS Saratoga. 
I think that fits. This would certainly be the cocktail of choice if I was captain of a starship. I am wearing my, my Boimler Titan shirt today, so. <laughs> I did ask ChatGPT to fix my flickering camera in Windows 10, and it's given me a whole bunch of suggestions. You know, I do like the look of the Saratoga. There you go. Yeah. So it's it's the saucer over the top of the nacelles right, ship. Right. Oh yeah, the one that blows up right in front of a. Uh... Or no, that was Cisco's ship. He was on the Saratoga. Oh, that's the one he used that's to captain. The, yeah, the Saratoga was the one he used to cap, or he used to be mm. a lieutenant on. Oh, that's the one he was on on uh, Wolf Three Five Nine. And yeah, it blew up. A view from the escape pod of the Saratoga right before it blows up. Yeah. Okay. Oh. That wasn't supposedly the ship that Shaw was on, was he? No. No, Shaw was, so, on, that was... Shaw was on another ship um, that, uh, by the way, spoilers, they... spoilers, yeah, yeah. spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, there is a, a Picard season three reference to Wolf 359, although I think you mm. should come to expect those with anything related to Picard at this point. Yeah. So... Wolf 359 was an inside job. <laughs> see. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, we need to charge a fee since Robot is taking over our job. Uh, <laughs> Vader is Luke's father. Uh, oh, that's a spoiler. Yeah. That's a spoiler. Y you know... There's a difference between spoiling something from 1980 and spoiling something from last Wednesday. <laughs> uh, well, Snape killed Dumbledore. Yeah. That's probably okay. Yeah. Uh, I told you Walter White was going to die. <laughs> I think everybody predicted that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Shaw was on the USS Constance. That sounds Constance. right. Constance. That okay. sounds right. All right. Um, so obviously you saw that. Maybe we'll finish up the show with a little bit of uh, episode th uh, four talk. Mm -hmm. Good God. Yeah. What an episode. It's it's. I, I'm pleasantly surprised about it, this season of Picard. It is really good. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised episodes one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. And then episode four hit. Episode four is probably in my top five episodes of Star Trek of all time. Oh, yeah. It was it's, that good. It's, it's got, I mean, I don't want to talk about it now. We can right, talk about right. it later. <laughs> but I can get if it, you I haven't been it. watching Picard and you are a Star Trek fan, you're doing yourself a disservice. Go watch Star Trek Picard because, oh my God. I was expecting this uh, basically 80s reboot, uh, you know, when your favorite actor goes and does a rom-com or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah, let's get the, like or, you know, uh, the, uh, the expendables, let's get the band back together and get all, you know, and, and it's just as overly cheesy. This is anything mm -hmm. but cheesy. This is some of the best storytelling. Oh yeah. Uh, acting, cinematography, script writing, everything that has ever been in Star Trek. And, if it was only the four episodes, mm -hmm. I love where it ended. 
I loved where it stopped. Oh yeah. It doesn't have to keep going. It, this There's this last these these first four episodes feel like a contained movie in itself. It really does. It does. I mean they they, they do have some stuff they, they they still need to explain. Uh and so obviously that's what the rest of the season is going to be about, but just these first four are are really good. And and of course there's still some stuff with some other I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how, how much I want to give away, but some other characters that aren't really related to that storyline that are kind of get sneaking in there. I'm sure mm-hmm. that's going to be more with the next couple of episodes too. And yeah, it's it's really good. It's yeah. almost like a self-contained movie in itself. Yep. Uh, someone says, yet Discovery got renewed for season five. No, I believe Discovery got canceled after four. I think it's doing one more. Yeah, the 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 principal shooting of Discovery is done. Yeah, and, and, then, uh, and they didn't get renewed for another one. Right, but but I believe this is their last. So yeah, yeah, this is their last. Yeah. So. Uh, you Which know, I, it's not. I barely you know, it's not got last. through that one. Yeah. This oh, is not, not the last. last time you'll hear this segue to our sponsor. Ah, <laughs> new sponsor. Oh, oh, we still have. Yeah, of course. Okay, Today's okay. episode is brought to you by Linode. Hosting your own servers also means you get to host all your own problems, and even the most skilled network engineer will tell you you should decentralize your network. If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes most of the software that you found on tutorials on my channel, like how to run your own ad blocking, recursive DNS servers, via pin. Yeah, good lord, words are hard today. VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex servers, and more. They offer shared CPU plans for as little as $5 per month and can scale as high as you need to go, whether it be virtualized hosting, dedicated enterprise GPUs, or NVMe block storage. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode is also expanding at light speed, with 12 new global data centers planned before the end of 2023, although with the Akami takeover, probably more. Visit Linode.com slash Craft Computing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's Linode.com slash Craft Computing, and thanks again to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. Pick yourself up. A I, I have official marching orders from my contact yep. at Linode to keep reading uh-huh. the ad as is until okay. they get marching orders to do otherwise. So even though branding on the website has changed, this is a really weird disclaimer to have to put after an ad that I get paid to read. Uh, even <laughs> though branding has changed to, to Akami now, yeah. uh, Linode is still offering all their same services, all their same everything else. Uh, you still, I, I still get uh credit for signing oh, up yeah. i don't get any monetary credit if you sign up for the link but it does look positively on me so they'll keep sponsoring talking heads which is actually the only reason talking heads still goes because the viewership hasn't been going up but darn it i still get sponsored <laughs> <laughs> hey that's fine as long as they still let me do rhymes with linode that's right uh and i think well because of brand name recognition too they probably don't want to change the name right away No, if you go to Linode.com, it says Akami at the top now. Oh, yeah. But it's so, still Linode.com. Right, yeah. but uh, but I'm not advertising for Akami. I'm advertising for Linode. So mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm doing. <laughs> it takes time for brand switching. It, it really does. Um, yeah. So, yeah, especially a takeover that's as significant as Linode, um, because they were one of the premier independent, non-AWS, mm-hmm. non-Microsoft uh, data hosts. And there's a lot of, of 
mind speak that goes along with the branding of a company that goes along with someone right. like Linode, especially as entrenched as Linode was in a lot of tech spaces. You know, they, they're, they've mm -hmm. been very prevalent on YouTube. They've been very prevalent in, in a lot of other media. So yeah, you don't necessarily want to dissolve it overnight either. So anyway, uh, speaking of AI, uh, this one's a bit interesting. Uh, yeah. So apparently it's okay to use AI and machine learning to enhance the look of photos, but it's not okay to go, if you're taking a picture of the moon, let's just make it a picture of the moon. Um, like, I know some of you are new to the tech space. I know some of you are new to advertising and, and, uh, commercial speak versus feature set versus, you know, whatever else. But remember when the iPhone 4 came out and it had a revolutionary camera and the iPhone 4 is the phone that killed point and shoot cameras because oh, yeah. you didn't need them anymore. Yeah. Because you could get just as good a results, not the zoom, but just as good a pictures out of an iPhone right. 4 as you could with just about any off the shelf Canon, Nikon, Sony point and shoot camera. Now, they still make those cameras, but sales are like 10% of what they used to be. Right. For um, the enthusiast. When the iPhone 4S came out, it also did video, but they also added some AI features to it to automatically enhance the pictures that you were taking. That was in 2013. That was 10 years ago. For 10 years, Apple has been bragging about how machine learning and AI is making your pictures that you take on your phone better based on algorithms that it has learned and, and developed over the last 10 years. Now, all of a sudden, Samsung is being thrown under the bus because when you take a picture of the moon, which, by the way, doesn't change. It, it, yeah. It, there's a reason the dark side of the moon is a saying. It's because the same side of the moon always faces the Earth. So it's in orbit around the Earth, and we're all in orbit around the sun. But 2,000 years ago, they were looking up at the moon. They saw the same moon, the same craters, the same view that we do today. Okay, so why is it that when Samsung uses AI and goes, oh, I've got way better pictures of the moon than that, and Let me use that. processes yep. your pictures with adding in details, that it's a problem. Even though companies have been advertising for the last 10 years that they do the same thing with your crow's feet and the wrinkles on your forehead. Yeah, that's... I, I, well, that's that's true, but they did kind of use it as a selling point. Like, look at how good our Zoom is. Mm -hmm. And and their Zoom is good, but it's also AI enhancement. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's kind of where they're getting, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, blowback from this. Right. Because it's slightly dishonest, but you're right. The moon is the moon, right? It's not, it, it's not going It hasn't there. changed. <laughs> yeah. Like and and yes i get the people that are going oh it's a little dishonest but if you read both the technologies that it uses and i'm not apologizing for samsung this mm -hmm. is obviously deceptive 
uh, especially because they're advertising the zoom of their camera is so good that you can get details off the moon as long as you're referencing an 80 gigapixel photo. Yeah, photo then, yeah, learning. okay, let's just enhance it with that. Looks yeah. fantastic, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I can't say I'm surprised and I can't say I'm upset and I can't say that I even throw Samsung under the bus for either of these advertisements because they've both been very plain in that they use AI and machine learning to upscale, upcycle, enhance yep. your Smooth pictures. Out. Yep. There's not many things that we have more reference photos of to learn off of than the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be kind of funny if the AI screwed up and it thought it was pizza. Mm-hmm. And you took a picture of the moon and it's like, ah, it's a pepperoni, pepperoni. pizza. <laughs> there you go. So the moon is made of cheese, pepperoni pizza. Oh, man. You've uncovered a whole other conspiracy theory. I don't even want to dive into. Oh, yeah. Into. No, I know. It's uh, Italians run the moon. <laughs> the moon is cheese. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Steve's webcam's being weird. Yeah, it's Sorry. We'll have a fix next time. Yeah. Chat GPT didn't really offer anything helpful. Yeah. Have you tried unplugging it and plugging it back in? <laughs> we did that right before. We did. <laughs> and it did not work. It worked. It was okay for like a minute or two, and then it started glitching out again. Mm -hmm. If I constantly unplug it and plug it back in, then it won't glitch. Yeah. Unless I unplug it. There yeah. you go. Oh, let's see. Uh, sorry, just saying home lab as much as possible to get more people uh, on that kick. That's a good, that's yeah. a good kick to be on. Ah, I can't wait till you guys get to see the 100 gig video. I am so freaking excited about it. <laughs> When's it supposed to drop? Uh, in this case, this is the first time that I have worked with Mikrotik directly. Um, cause I told them I had some project goals with it and they wanted to see the video in advance. They don't get any editorial input on the video, but they did want to see it before it went live. Right. Just in case. Um, and, uh, I, I told them I will make an exception to my normal review rules because you're sending me like $1,600 in switches like that I'm going to actively use. If this was yeah. them requesting a review, no, the service yeah. is what I offer. Right. Uh, but I reached out and I requested these, so. Yep. Uh, British Columbia man says he accidentally unlocked and drove someone else's Tesla because he told the Tesla to come meet him at the sidewalk. <laughs> and someone else's Tesla came, hey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, I'm just going to read this directly because, again, this one kind of makes me laugh. A Vancouver man is trying to figure out how he managed to get into someone else's Tesla recently and drive off using the app, using the, sorry, using the app on his own phone. Uh, uh, Raji Randev, an immigrant consultant, said he thought he was getting into his Tesla on Tuesday as the car was the same make and the same color. Randev opened the door with the app, got in, and drove off. It wasn't until driving that he realized something wasn't quite right. Uh, when he went to pick up the car, there were two Teslas parked side by side. He said he was in a hurry as he had to pick up his children from the school, so he thought he unlocked and jumped into his car. No, 
Uh, I was able to get access, a hold of that person's car, but while I start driving, I realized there was a crack on the windshield. So he called his wife to ask why she didn't know about the crack in the windshield. He also noticed the charger was not where he usually had it. After five or ten minutes, I got a text on the phone that said, Raja, are you driving the Tesla? He said the person that messaged him, uh, uh, that he told him he was driving the wrong Tesla. It was only after he parked that Rentev noticed the wheels were different from his car. He then called the person who messaged him and realized they had taken the other person's Tesla. There are so many layers to unpack in this story. So many layers. Let's start with, how does one Tesla owner have the ability to text another Tesla owner and ask, are you driving my Tesla? Yeah, that's... How do they know that? Was it in the car itself? Or, I don't know. I don't know. I don't own a Tesla. I don't know what the tech is like inside. So there's not a lot of interior options in a Tesla. I don't know if you've ever looked at... No. That, um, um, yeah, you, you buy a Tesla and you buy it with one motor or two and double the battery or single battery. Okay. Uh, and that's it. Like, those are your options. Everything else is, no, this is the interior you would absolutely want. It was Apple if they were back on the leather kick from, like, 2009. Oh, yeah. Where, okay. yeah, everything was bonded and bound leather books right. in, yep, in yep. the interface. That was an interface well into the 2010s mm -hmm. that was on iPhones that everyone was buying. Um, but, um, so, however, he was... He was able to get in the car again, drive it, and pick up his children from school, and, and the two met that night to exchange cars. <laughs> this is not my beautiful Tesla. This is not my beautiful kids. Yeah. This is talking heads, after all. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thanks. Um, there are so many layers to this. Number one, how does the Tesla app mistakenly drive the car to the sidewalk that yeah, that's, was parked that's next really to weird. another same make, model, and color uh, and allow the driver to get into it and drive away. How does the Tesla driver whose car was stolen, I'm going to use stolen in quotes because it was Tesla who made all this happen. Right. How does the Tesla driver whose car was stolen, able to get a hold of the other Tesla driver. He says he received a message, are you driving a Tesla? He said the person who messaged him told him he was driving the wrong Tesla. How does that even happen? Yeah, because you would think... Is is there a banner ad that I'm not seeing that says Tesla drivers near me? Yeah, they would... <laughs> they would... Yeah, it's a Tesla driver near you are looking in for Salem, you. Salem, Oregon are driving Teslas and want the, you tonight. Like, <laughs> it all makes sense all of a sudden. The sexy Teslas are wanting you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the only thing I could think of is if it locates the car by like GPS and the other car was close enough, but that doesn't make any sense because if they were able to identify the different driver, there must be a unique identifier associated with those cars. Well, yeah, that's called a VIN number, a serial number, yeah. an app ID, yeah. authentication token. Like you can go All on the of list things. of right. ways this went wrong. Yeah. So how it contacted the wrong one when there's probably tons of different unique identifiers to identify your personal car? Tesla, is this, is I don't this know. a... <laughs> 
Is this your authentication method where you never expected two identical make, model, and color Teslas to sit next to each other? Because if so, I've driven by your dealership. They're all freaking white. Yeah. I guarantee... I there's, no, there's no there's no firm handshaking going on here. That's what it is. Right. Three handshakes. Yeah. Well, have you seen Elon Musk? I mean, imagine how limp that one is. Um, but yeah. I, I, I don't even know where to start with how many levels of wrong this is that a cloud connected service connected someone to the wrong vehicle and allowed them to drive it. And even after acknowledging it was the wrong vehicle, continue to allow them to drive it. I don't know how they put one Tesla owner in touch with the other Tesla owner. Hey, there was another white Tesla parked next to me. I'm assuming it was white, white Tesla parked next (laughs) to me. He drove away with my car and I'm sitting here with his car. Did he get to drive that car home? Like, like did a Tesla representative go, okay, as a one-time courtesy, we'll let you drive someone else's car. Cause we screwed up. Like, how does that happen? I have no idea. I mean, the guy who probably thought his car was stolen might have called Tesla and say, Hey, my car is gone. Where did it go? And they may have gave him even so. That's a breach of personally identifiable information. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. That, that is a data breach in and of itself. Giving out personally identifiable information, name and phone number, mm-hmm. so they could mm-hmm. message them and said, hey, you have my Tesla? It's one thing if Tesla now, contacted does, does, them. Does Tesla cars have messaging inside of itself? I have no idea. So I'm wondering if maybe they didn't text him on his phone, but through the car he was in. It totally could be, but even still, that that sounds far fetched and like it an extreme breach of of security. Um, yeah, it does seem like a, just an odd security glitch, right? I I, I have no idea. Uh, GI Pilot says no messaging, no no device device. Okay, okay. there is messaging, messaging in the app, but even okay. still. But still, they would have to be that user of that car. Are they trying have to, to know create that a user. social network? Hey, nice Tesla. Yeah, you too. Which is yours? Oh, I've got the S. It's the P80. Oh, I've got the P95. Oh, that's sweet, man. I thought about that one. Anyway, catch you later, bro. Like, is that all that app is? Unlock someone else's car and brag about which Tesla model you bought? I'm trying to. I'm trying to wonder. Maybe, and, and this, this, this could be because the article doesn't really say. Can I get the app uh, if I have like a like a Kia EV6 or or an Ionic okay. 6? He, I'm thinking what happened maybe and maybe what it is is that okay says so he's a, a a consultant, right? So maybe wherever he was working, he knew the other person who had the exact same car because they had the exact same car. And so when he left, maybe the other person just assumed it was him, him because he's the one that has his exact car. Because it didn't say if he was leaving from work. It wasn't like he was at, yeah. you know, your local grocery store or anything. If they were at the same business, you know, you work at a place long enough, you know who has what car, right? Right. Typically. And especially if they have your exact car. Right. You're like, oh, who? somebody else has this car too. So it, it could have been just a real quick Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah, I know probably who has it. Let me, let me go ask. That could be it. Uh, you know, just, just an Occam's razor type of a thing. It's the most simplest explanation, 
But yeah, that, it doesn't doesn't really have that detail in in the article at all. So yeah, don't really. Know. The article just says that. Uh, yeah, they, they eventually got back together and they exchanged cars and a couple of laughs and they didn't give the police report a number because nothing, no crime had actually been committed. So No, no. Yeah. AI theft auto? I don't know. Yeah. Someone says my guess is the dudes knew each other and the article just never mentioned it or something. That Th seems to make the most sense yeah. from that standpoint because how else do you get a message that says, hey, did you drive my car? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, Who knows? there's a lot of unanswered questions there. I would love to hear Big the debrief, the, details. the, uh, yeah. the, the post-mortem on this one from a security standpoint. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, the real big breach is, like, why did the wrong car pull up? Right. I mean, that was the well, first it. of the problems. But yeah. the problems didn't stop there. No, no, no. Like, some of the other stuff could be kind of explained, but the main one, the main one being... This is not my car. Right. Yeah. This sounds like a TV sitcom. Yeah. Th this is the start to Perfect Strangers 2023. I guarantee. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 A couple people chiming in. They would have to know each other. Yeah. That would be my only guess. Tesla could have facilitated the messages as a middleman. That would be acceptable. Although still, still not what you would want to facilitate as Tesla, you would want to literally become the middleman in that situation, contact the, the wrongful Tesla driver and mm -hmm. say, can you please navigate back to, to that spot so you can exchange right. cars with the proper owner. Um, you don't want a situation to get violent, to get angry, aggressive, anything like that. As Tesla, as the one that screwed up, you need to do everything in your power to de-escalate the situation and right. not allow right. communication between those drivers. Um, so this is how anime characters fall in love. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... Uh, Ziggo wants to know, how's that erring mother brother going, Jeff? Uh, I've had a blast with mine, minus the bottom NVMe slot not working. Uh, both my NVMe slots work. I've actually tested it as such. Um, and, uh, I actually used it today, and that's how I was able to get the 91.6 gigabit network throughput with a, uh, an X16 100 gig network card. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, I do have two more. Uh, Erying 11900H ES motherboards on the way that I'm planning on decommissioning an Epic server with. Ooh. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to take all of my VMs and go like, here, you run them Put at them 40 watts. <laughs> uh, uh, should we do the first beer story first or should I pour myself my second cocktail? Uh, are you done with your cocktail? I, I literally just finished it. Okay, yeah, then do do another it's, cocktail. It's just a lemon wheel. I'm now. almost I'm almost done with my bourbon, so I might want to open a beer here while you're yeah while you're working on your cocktail. Please, yeah, uh, go ahead and open your beer and uh, tell everyone what it is. Uh, I'm gonna get some fresh ice. Uh, I have, and I kind of covered this real quickly at the beginning. Um, the black there we are, the Black Butte Thirty Two. XXXII. Uh, and this is their uh, high-end um, Black Butte. This is by Deschutes. And this one is a uh, coffee stout 
with uh, vanilla and aged in rum barrels. So I've had other series like this and they are absolutely delicious. And I'm gonna open this thing. Oh, and I can already smell it, it's awesome. I'm gonna use my McDonald's Great Muppet Caper glass that if anybody grew up in the 80s probably had. All right. Oh yeah. That's the big butte. Yep, the black butte. Nice. All right. Mm -hmm. For the second cocktail of the night, I'm going to use this little fancy glass with a uh, with a giant rock. In oh it. yeah. This nice. is another variation of the Manhattan, uh, but this one is. Again, just a little different enough, you can call it a different drink. Mm -hmm. This is called a Scofflaw, S-C-O-F-F-L-A-W. Uh, and it's again going to require an ounce of rye, uh, sorry, ounce and a half of rye. Uh, I'm gonna use, again, use the uh, the Knob Creek rye. It's a good 100 proof rye. It's a Scofflaw? Scofflaw. You don't want to have some like Mari Mari Boston's playing in the background while you're mixing it. I probably like that. should, <laughs> if, I, if I'm being honest. Uh, we're going to use one ounce of vermouth. Again, I'm using the Martini and Rossi. It's kind of halfway between a dry and a sweet vermouth. Um, I don't necessarily like sweet vermouth. I, I always pretend or tend to like mine on the drier side. And this is a nice middle ground. So ounce and a half of rye, one ounce of vermouth. We're going to do, oh, I forgot my grenadine. Hold on. Oh yeah, you can't Just forget one that. Second. Pomegranate juice. Well, sweetened pomegranate juice. I had like a ton of grenadine once. Like a, my wife got a giant thing of grenadine at Costco once. I think we finally threw it out like a year ago. We had it for like, I don't know, eight years maybe. So <laughs> I actually make my it. own grenadine. Oh, nice. Uh, so this is, uh, you make it just like simple syrup. Uh, and it's uh, just two to one sugar to pomegranate juice. Uh, you just buy some palm? Yeah, just uh, not not palm, uh, but some actual pomegranate juice. Oh, so you get real pomegranate and juice it? Yeah, you can. Oh, cool. Yeah. Pomegranates aren't the easiest thing to juice. No, but... <laughs> no I, I tend to buy mine store-bought. Yeah. <laughs> so three-quarter ounce of grenadine. And we're going to do three-quarter ounce of lemon juice. No, we're just going to squeeze the rest of the half the lemon in here. There we go. I was going to measure it out like a badass, but nah, it's too messy. Yeah, whatever. There we go. A little tartness never hurt anybody. And finally, we're going to add two to three dashes of orange bitters. I'm using uh, Regan's number six orange bitters for this there we go while i like the angostura orange bitters i like these ones a little bit more okay and just like the first drink we're going to stir this one in about 10 to 15 seconds or so All right. And 
Yeah, and I prefer my Manhattans over a rock, so that's how I'm going to do this one, too. And there you have a scofflaw. That one actually sounds really good to me. Yeah. Just the ingredients all and together. Sounds wonderful. Dropping my strainer when I'm done. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a fairly simple cocktail. It's a little mm -hmm. bit sweeter than a Manhattan uh, with right. the grenadine in there, um, but you get a little bit of that citrus front. Um, which... I'm more intrigued about making your own grenadine syrup. That sounds good to me because grenadine that you buy at the store. Yeah, the roses. The mixers, grenadine, they're, they're, like... Yeah, this it's terrible. It it serves a purpose, but it's not yeah. what I would call a high end cordial. <laughs> it's yeah, it's overly sweet it's, uh, in it's, my opinion. Um, the reason everyone thinks grenadine is cherry syrup is because it tastes like like cough syrup cherry. Yeah, but yeah. sweet with no Nyquil in it. Yeah. Um. It. But no, grenadine is actually a pomegranate syrup. Yes. Yeah. It's supposed uh, to be right. So and pomegranate juice has a real, almost tangy, poignant flavor to it. Super, the... super pointed flavor. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But you make it with, uh, you know, you mix it up with, you know, two to one sugar, and mm -hmm. it it's actually pretty fantastic. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's not difficult, and it's it's actually, dare I say, less expensive to make your own pomegranate, uh, or grenadine, or jot. Yeah. Uh, which is an almond syrup, uh, mm -hmm. and a couple others. I, I make them in little bottles like this. And oh, yeah. you can do it. Uh, this is eight ounces of... No, it's not even that. It's six ounces of mm -hmm. uh, pomegranate juice and right around a cup and a half of, of sugar. And it almost perfectly fills this little glass that I got from Ikea for like $3. Yeah. I've, um, I've done my own ginger syrup before too. And that, oh, that yeah. turned out excellent. Mm -hmm. But anyway, Scofla. There you go. Oh, I will take I this over a Manhattan any day of the week. And as it might turn out today, twice on Wednesdays. <laughs> That that lemon and that citrus, I mean, even like way up on the nose, they totally lead the charge on this drink. Um, the vermouth takes an absolute backseat, which I am not disappointed in in the right. least. Um, yeah. I, I always feel when it comes to to the Manhattan and, and certain other drinks, the vermouth takes way too much of a leading role when it's supposed to be... You don't order a burger with onions and expect to bite into a whole ring of, un of an onion, yeah, right? Yeah. It's a garnish, not an ingredient. Not, yeah. And that's you don't how want I feel that, about vermouth. Yeah, you don't want that flavor dominating. You want... In fact, if you make another one, if you like this one so much, you make another one, make it without the vermouth and see if you miss it. Mm -hmm. See if it's any that much different. Right. Well, at that point in Manhattan's just a rye and bitters. <laughs> like, oh, that's which I is like a fantastic, <laughs> that's fantastic drink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, this is this is fantastic. This is uh, I've had this drink many many times. This is one of my favorite variants of the Manhattan. I'm gonna I'm gonna bookmark that one because uh, that sounds really good to me. Yeah, and again, really simple to make. If you have the ingredients for Manhattan. You need grenadine and a lemon. 
Well, I, I have all the ingredients, except I I don't. I, <laughs> the only grenadine I have is 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 the, the roses. roses. Yeah. Honestly, if you went with like just over a quarter ounce, like this calls for three quarter ounce grenadine, and mm. with that pomegranate, it does add a little bit of a tartness to it, which I yeah. really really appreciate in this drink. That's that's what I like about. But it. if yeah. you have the amount of grenadine, if you went instead of three quarter, do like a three eighths, like a hair over a quarter. Mm -hmm. Um. Mm -hmm. It would probably turn out pretty well with the roses. I might have to try that. Yeah. Uh, Novella sends over a five dollars super chat. Thank you very much. Uh, how does your liquor cabinet compare to your brother's in Colorado? El El, Di El Polo Diablo XX. That's um, me. Yeah. Uh, well, is that you? Because I also have me. A, a YouTube subscriber, El Polo Diablo XX. Oh, that's I don't me. think that's you directly. <laughs> I think that's an El Polo oh, somebody else? who lives in Colorado. Oh, uh, no. I, uh, that's me. Is that you? Okay. <laughs> that is me. That is me. Um, yeah, no, because I did. I was in I was in Denver uh, last week, and my brother has a huge, huge bourbon, whiskey, and scotch library. Um, and yes, it's it's it mine pales in comparison to his. Uh, and I have I have some pictures. I'll post them up on the Discord later, so you can see all this all this stuff. He's got basically three drawers full of stuff and mm -hmm. a side closet of rare and expensive <laughs> bourbons and whiskeys. Nice. Yep. Uh, mine's doing pretty well. Uh, like I said, a lot of rye. I, I, I have a taste. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. um, my my cabinet's doing pretty well. I've got two complete full shelves, two rows. Um, so I've got like a basically like a three foot shelf and a four foot yeah. shelf, and they're all jammed with bottles too deep. Yeah, uh, I, mine's mine's only too deep, and it's it's uh, maybe about four feet wide. Yeah, and mine's about too deep, so yeah, it's not huge, but it's you know it's enough to make most things right like uh for mixology march one of my favorite things is like what do i what am i running low on that i want to kill mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. bottle am i missing that i need to add and uh and it really lets me experiment with a lot of different varieties of cocktail that i normally wouldn't dive into because if it's just me at home with dinner we're having spaghetti old-fashioned like yeah. <laughs> like um it's not i'm not a complicated man when it comes to stuff like that yeah. um but when it comes to like ooh, i want to try like a new cocktail i'm the only one in my house that drinks cocktails um uh, outside of like some dessert cocktails like mm -hmm. like my wife will slay uh, a kalua mudslide yeah <laughs> but well who, yeah those are, who those are delicious yeah those right. are delicious it's like drinking a dessert right yeah. um so but when it comes to like gin or rye or or you know e even vodka based cocktails and things like that i'm the only one who ever drinks them so if i have to go out and buy an exotic ingredient just to have a cocktail to myself it's just you it's just me <laughs> yeah yeah and some of those exotic ingredients they can they can add up they get expensive mm -hmm. and, and it kind of sucks because it's like i'm only going to use this maybe once or twice yeah uh is I, it know. is it you or Rhett who talks about the cheapest uh, cheapest Long Island? It, that That's was you. me. That yeah. was me. Yeah. We did that. Me, me and my wife did that. We got the the bottom of, of the bottom of the shelf just to figure out from scratch what it would cost to make a Long Island iced tea. 
And it ended up being like around 25, 30 bucks or something like that. But it was not the best long. I mean, it was, it was fine. Right. But it wasn't good. Uh, it wasn't like, oh, this is the best thing ever. Because like, you know how Long Island iced teas are supposed to be so great because people drink it and they don't, even though there's a lot of alcohol in it, mm-hmm. they don't taste the alcohol in it. Right. This, you tasted the alcohol in it. It, yeah. it was the, the cheap booze really shone through. Yeah. Uh, but it still tasted like a Long Island iced tea. So interesting experiment. It was fun. Yeah. We only, we only, we, we did buy fists. We bought pints. So we didn't like. That's not a bad way to go. No. I've, I've yeah. definitely bought pints of some weird things that, that yeah. I needed. Um, although I do have on my shelf right now a full fifth of 110 Absinthe, a full fifth of Midori, oh, a full fifth of Campari. Um, I've got two fifths of orange liqueur, of various Ooh. orange liqueurs. Um, I've also got a triple sec mixed in there, which is your dry yeah. orange liqueur. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've I've got a whole bunch of weird ones up there. A blue curacao too. That's a. That's I don't have any blue liqueur. curacao. Oh yeah. One. And actually, I was looking at a cocktail the other day that called for it, so I might have to go out and find some blue curacao. Although, I'm not gonna freaking buy bulls or or whatever the other. No, one. no, no. That's that's what. See, that's that's because uh, Long Island iced teas call for uh, mm. triple sec. Yeah. And then we got the bulls, which is the grossest. Mm-hmm schnapps ever it's so disgusting <laughs> at least get monarch like no i know monarch's uh uh decamper is is a good cheap yeah yeah uh uh is a good cheap uh schnapps yeah but um yeah stay away from bulls yeah stuff no i i do have a couple monarch uh bottles up here i i've got a monarch bottle of peppermint schnapps which is not a bad one to do oh yeah um and then i i do have a triple sack that's a monarch as well mm-hmm. so uh Cosworth sends over two dollars. Thank you very much. This super chat brought to you by Muppet Jeff. Uh are we are we making fun of my my Muppet cam over here? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> uh I did I did I did use my Muppet glass, my great Muppet caper glass. Oh, there you go. Yeah, maybe. nice. I don't know. Cosworth also says uh you should make a super strong drink called the Manhattan Project. I like that name. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes that could be uh yeah drink a manhattan project while listening to the manhattan project by rush Ooh, there's a there's a nightcap for you oh that's good uh tech geek sends over 50 dollars. thank you very much tech geek uh late to the party just got home from work but i made her this time uh, cheers to you both. New noodles and company in town. So I have a peach cream soda tonight. Oh, I do like their sodas. I've got a serious bone to pick with noodles and company. I have never been to a noodles and company. Um, I've seen several of them, but I've never been. So, um, ironically enough, my wife who has celiac disease, uh, which means, uh, she has an autoimmune disease uh, that particularly reacts to gluten. There's other reactants in that disease as well, but gluten being a primary one and celiac disease being a main driver of why you see gluten-free restaurants everywhere and why Karens all mm-hmm. all over the country go like, oh, I don't eat gluten anymore. It's not healthy for you. Uh, it, it's because of celiac disease. It's because celiac yeah. disease started getting recognized as something that was afflicting people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can you take the reins for 20 seconds? 
Yeah, okay. sure. Sorry. I guess. Uh, I'm not too sure what you were talking about. Celiac disease. Um, well, I guess Noodles and Company. I've never been to Noodles and Company. But I, I kind of have a thing against going to like a lot of chain restaurants. I'm not really big on going to them. I usually like the local places, local taquerias or local food carts, uh, those type of places. I'll try those first because usually they have much better unique tasting stuff. Uh-oh. <laughs> ah, hi, buddy. And he's interested in my headphones right now. Oh. <laughs> he's like, oh, what's on there? <laughs> hi, dude. Is it bedtime? It's bedtime. Ah. He needed his hugs just... and kisses. Dip, dip, dip the pacifier in your cocktail there. I'll make him, yeah, make him crash real quick. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, he's cool. Is he? Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Simple. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he'll finally go to bed. Is he? Is he? Is he teething? Uh oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So there, there, there's a whole story to X, and I'm sure we'll we'll talk about that one day, but but probably not today. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Let me hand them off. Say goodnight, X. Goodnight, X. Goodnight. Goodnight. <laughs> All right. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Food. Yeah. So I've never been to Noodles & Company. The last uh, uh, new chain uh, place that I went to to eat was Mod Pizza. I, I didn't like it. I like the concept where you're like, hey, I want this, this, and this, and this, and this on my pizza and bake it for me. I thought that was neat, but I just didn't like, didn't like the pizza. Uh, I, I, I never went to a Chipotle for years. It took me like, I don't know. It wasn't until like a friend of mine, his daughter worked there and I got free Chipotle that I ever went to Chipotle. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. my wife has celiac, but that's yeah. actually not where my complaints at. They, they make a gluten-free noodle. It's delicious. Mm -hmm. They're oh. excellent to, to those kind of things. My complaint comes that New Year's Eve, my wife mm -hmm. and I were driving, uh, we were driving all over town doing a whole bunch of different errands for things. And uh, we had a New Year's Eve party that night. And it's like, well, we're not going to make it home in time to have dinner and then go to the New Year's Eve party. So let's just stop somewhere and get something. And she goes, oh, mm -hmm. there's a Noodles & Co. Sweet. So we stopped there. Um, she got some noodles. Absolutely fantastic. I ordered the orange chicken. Okay. Uh -huh. What do you think? When I say orange chicken, but uh, you think like a paint, paint me breaded, a picture of orange chicken. Orange chicken is like a breaded <laughs> breaded chicken chunks with a sweet tangy orange sauce, mm -hmm. a little little savoriness in there too, some soy sauce in there. That's that's what I think an orange chicken is. Right. Yeah. Um, is orange chicken microwaved chicken nuggets with like an orange glaze on them? <laughs> it is to my six year old. <laughs> I'm asking you. No, no. Specifically you. If you ordered no, no, orange no. chicken and they took four microwave chicken nuggets and cut them in half and put what wouldn't pass at a Chinese restaurant as an orange sauce over the top of them, over the top of my lo mein and called it yes. an orange chicken, would you be satisfied? That, no, no, no. Neither was Maybe I. Uh, this this would be like uh, if I was late and I, and I wanted orange chicken and I was drunk and I couldn't and everything was closed, I might... <laughs> Hobble that if together. I was drunk and stoned out of my mind, and I got chicken yeah. nuggets on low main, like I'm celebrating. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I was not. I was no, no. Quite hungry. I would complain. Yes. And yeah. I compare Noodles and Co anymore to 
like going to Panda Express. Oh, I feel really? like Chinese food. And okay. then you go and have Panda Express. And then you mm -hmm. come out and go, now I really need some Chinese food because right. that was not it. Yeah. Well, while you were gone, I was talking about how I kind of, I tend to avoid like the chain restaurants usually because I'm, I'm usually kind of disappointed in most of them. I still go to some, but not that, not that many. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've never been to a noodles and company. Yeah. Uh, I I've just recently gone to a mod pizza. Yeah. Um, I, I try to avoid chain as much as possible. Yeah. Like the, there's a couple, I mean, we get pizza from Papa Murphy's and Domino's, mm -hmm. but that's only yeah, because yeah, yeah. there's not a genuine right. local pizzeria that's near us. Well, um, we, we used to, we used to go to, well, you know, I mean, it might be given up location, but Abby's pizza, right? It, they, oh yeah. They they used to be really good, and that's where we used to primarily go right. to for pizza. But now it's thirty two dollars for a pie. Well, it's, like, it's not only that, they they changed their ingredients. And yeah, it doesn't taste the same anymore. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. I will say their barbecue pizza is still on point. Yeah. I've had that recently, and it's it's still there. So well, I also picked up one of those uni pizza ovens, mm -hmm. and I've been making my own, and I've been trying to perfect the dough. Nice. Uh, I've gotten it good a couple times. But my first attempt was like, oh, this is way too chewy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm getting better. Getting but better. Uh, but no, like if we're talking pizza, I will go local chain nine mm -hmm. times out of ten. Oh, yeah. If yeah, it's yeah. around. The, the problem yeah. is I don't have one like I don't have any local pizzerias near me. I know there's a couple downtown, but yeah. they are a nightmare to get to. And they don't do gluten-free stuff. And so yeah. like in my family, that really just doesn't fly. That's that's gonna um, that's, that's probably the most important thing for you. Right. Uh and 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 again, that's you have to balance chain with with allergens. <laughs> right. No, yes, yeah, <laughs> so. of course. Yeah, because and and yeah, I I if you go to like some local place, they might not offer a gluten-free option right. at all. Right. And chances are they probably um, won't. Since we're on the topic of pizza, and holy crap, I feel like pizza now. Uh, <laughs> French bread pizza. It's one of my oh, favorite yeah. things in the world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You go to your local grocery store. Uh -huh. You get a, a fresh cooked French bread at 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. You take it home. You quarter it. Cut so it one yeah. lengthwise, one down the middle. Mm -hmm. You got four pieces of French bread. You top yep. it like a pizza. You, you, mm -hmm. you do marinara. You do pepperoni. Yep. You do mozzarella. You do... Mm -hmm bacon and pineapple fresh and chicken fresh parmesan and whatever you parmesan want. Yeah. and yeah and whatnot you throw that sucker in the oven you let it melt and holy crap oh yeah that stuff's good yeah super easy super delicious uh I, you you gotta get you gotta get the kind of pepperoni that cups up yeah it's kind of little, little pools of grease little inside pools of grease. That's, <laughs> yeah that's the kind of pepperoni you gotta get you know it's good pepperoni when it does that mm-hmm yeah, we do have a local chain of Chinese restaurants. They're about equidistant from me. They're about 20 mm. minutes each direction. Uh, and it's some of the best Chinese food I've ever had. Well, that's good. Yeah, uh, we, we're, we're, in a, we're in a Chinese food desert. We have a few Thai places that are decent. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have uh, lots you, of- You do have the, the Mexican Chinese restaurant. Yes. Yes. Yes, we do. Which yes. is actually not too bad. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, it's not. Yeah, that's what I said. That was one of them. That was that was pretty decent. Yeah, and like, it's it's not just straight Chinese because it's kind of a mix right. of Japanese, Chinese, and Thai. It, it's kind of like offer... it's kind of like a Tex-Mex, but yeah. But I don't know the word that I can say that I wouldn't be canceled for to describe <laughs> what it is. Yeah, because they'll offer the offer pad Thai. Right. They offer yakisoba, and mm -hmm. they also offer. Uh, like a chow mein, and uh, and uh, they like have a... teriyaki. They've got and they have teriyaki. Yeah, right. And, and... they just got like everything. And it's delicious. 
yeah it was pretty good um i i, I like the thai cart that we have over here that's pretty good mm -hmm. for thai food um but yes you're right it, tacos galore oh. tacos burritos uh uh uh, tortas, any, yeah. any kind of Mexican food you can think of. We have a, a Mexican restaurant here dedicated to just soup. Yeah. Uh, the Casa de Caldos, the yes. house of soup. <laughs> and it's good. It's good. It's really good. It's really good. Oh, uh, man, the ling the lengua soup they have, oh, so good. Yeah. No, uh, the, the food in your neck of the woods, mm -hmm. that's one thing I miss is the carts and the, the five or six local restaurants that I used to go to all the time and, yeah. and things like that. Um like I really like it where I live now. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm right next to downtown. I've got all the tap houses and breweries yeah. right next to me, and I can. I Ubered to a tap house on a whim because Steve goes, "Hey, we're down the road," and I went, "Cool, yeah. I'll be there in five. And uh, that was awesome. Yeah, but that was fun. But man, I miss the tacos. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, this the the tacos locally are great. In fact, there's just one right around the corner now. Um. It's just right at the right at the right at the corner of ninety nine, right there. Yeah, it's really good. Yep. Uh all right. On to our beer news for the night. Uh, mm -hmm. Coors Light debuts popsicles. <laughs> all right. Otter pops for grownups. Well, yes and no. Um, if you go read the article, it actually says they're non-alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So they're not even, uh, they, they don't have a smidgen of alcohol in them. And I mean, yes. and I've got to say, what's the damn point then? Yeah, I know. That's what I was no saying. No one drinks off, Coors for the taste. Okay. Right, exactly. Even if it's ice cold, because this is obviously ice cold because it's frozen. Right. So this is, this is NA Coors Light, which automatically sounds disgusting. And they turned it into an auto pop, otter pop. And then to add more insult to injury, they're going to charge you 20 bucks for it. $20 for six Otter Pops. Six. Six. I don't know if you've been to Costco lately, but you can get the margarita pops that are yeah. like 12 packs for $8. Yeah. That actually have alcohol in them. Yeah. You could probably do the same thing with Coors Light. You just take some Coors Light, boil it to the point where all the alcohol boils off. Yeah. And then just, just freeze it. Yeah. Freeze it in a little auto pop container, and you got this exact same thing. And then you go out and charge... 20 bucks to people for six of them. Right. I, I don't <laughs> understand this. Like, no, I don't understand appeal of Coors Light is that at least I'll be drunk if I drink enough of them. Yeah. And, and that's, that would be the appeal. And of you've this. taken the one thing away and then frozen it. Right. We, and there's a thing too, that, that could be interesting. It could have been interesting. Cause like, if you ever watch John's channel, he did do that experiment with, uh, uh, cold, um, distillation. Yeah. Where you freeze distillation, where, yeah. you, where you freeze it. And then the core, <laughs> Say the same. Yeah, common method to make Applejack and, and a number yep. of different yep. spirits. Exactly. Like yeah. Exactly. They could have done that with this. It's like hey, it's got an alcohol center, a chewy like you know the yeah. it's a chewy alcohol center, or whatever. So you could have kept the alcohol in it, and then maybe the twenty bucks would have been worth it. But mm -hmm. no, uh, I think doing away with that was like nope, don't move. No one's gonna buy this. Right? Why would they want this? I mean, maybe as a novelty. Probably that's three dollars and fifty cents per otter pop. I know, it's it's ridiculous. That's that's legit. And, and like and encroaching least... on six pack Coors Light territory. You could and buy otter... a six pack of Coors Light yes. or have a non alcoholic, crappy tasting Coors Light otter pop for the same price. 
And the otter pups at least had the little cartoon thing in the front. This doesn't even have a little cartoon drunk otter on the front. Right, at, le at least give me the drunk otter with the back. <laughs> I want a drunk otter on the front. Like, this is Sebastian Strawberry. And, <laughs> and this is, uh, what would it be? <laughs> Drunky Daryl or something. I don't know. <laughs> Are we just going to give Tucker Carlson another, another inanimate or animal object to sexualize? Yeah, of course. It's a sexy drunk otter. First the green M and M, and now this. <laughs> that's what the that's what America needs. Right. America needs him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Elmas sends over two dollars. Uh, how about no Coors? I'm on board for that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Like even like a a frozen like porter, even if it's non-alcoholic, would would kind of make sense because that has a different flavor, right? But Coors Light. It just, just, it doesn't even taste good. I love good. the comments that are rolling in right now that I cannot say on air. <laughs> Y'all are nasty. Uh, New oh, Holland. actually, actually, here's here's something, though. Yeah. Uh, uh, Springle says, uh, I'm sad now. I can't drink due to medication. And don't tell me non-alcoholic beer is an option. Any suggestions during the fun? Actually, non-alcoholic beer, go for... Uh, athletic, athletic brewing. Yeah. Athletic brewing. Their <laughs> non-alcoholic options are actually really good. And actually, they don't taste like crap. Right. Yeah. Uh, they actually have an IPA that tastes like an IPA. It does. Um. Uh. Also, next week on this show, I was planning on doing some NA spirits, some NA mm. spirit cocktails. Do you want to take the NA spirits I have because they're gross? <laughs> I'll, I'll take them. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. This I've, is this I've is got, this has gone from I've got from, two from... bourbons and a gin, yeah. and yeah. one of the bourbons isn't terrible. In fact, it kind of scratches that itch. If I need an old fashioned yeah. at like nine in the morning, like uh, it's totally right. serviceable. Mm. Um, the the gin is definitely more of like crabgrass than than rye and botanicals see i think gin would have been the easiest to make gin should be the easiest it really yeah, should because it's it's mostly botanicals it's it's, and it's you could just you juniper could just and that. spruce yeah. and a, a little bit of ryegrass and you're yeah. good to go like all you have to do is is kind of get the um the viscosity that you get the thickness up of mm -hmm. whatever that liquid is you can't do it with sugar because <laughs> that would make it too sweet right I don't know, zar, uh, xanthan gum. I don't know. There's something in there to make it just thicken it up. Yeah. And and you just put the same botanicals in there that you would put in a gin, and it. I think it would work. An alcoholic gin, right? Yeah, it should work. Uh, I shouldn't see why that would be so, so hard. Yeah, I I do love a good mocktail, but my problem is most mocktails focus on trying to trick people into thinking that they're drinking cocktails, which yeah. doesn't work. Like right. a mocktail to me is is a mixture of beverages that does away with the desire to drink or or the the idea that I want to drink but it's not exactly chasing an old fashioned or a manhattan or a whiskey yeah. sour or anything like that yeah. it's chasing a completely different flavor profile like mm -hmm. don't try to align yourself with bourbon because you're never going to reach it try to align yourself no, you instead can't get with with a fruit juice or with, or with something else yeah. one of my favorite mocktails is a ginger beer and cranberry juice. Oh yeah, those are great. I I, I love just like uh yeah, gin, like strong ginger. Like ginger. Real strong ginger, a little Real bit strong of cranberry. Ginger. You get that bite. It's a, it's a drink mm -hmm. that you can pour over a rock and just kind of sit there and yeah. sip. Oh yeah. And it's delicious. 
And a lot of times it's just having that drink in your hand. Right. It's not necessarily like, okay, I, I miss that bourbon or worse. Sometimes I do. Right. But uh, um, yes, if I'm, if I'm cutting it out for like a week or a month or anything like that, that's yeah. primarily what I'll do is I'll do mocktails and I'll, I'll put a lot of ginger and stuff because it's got that bite. Refreshing, yeah. it's delicious. Uh, Springle says, I've never tried a mocktail. What is it? It's a cocktail, but N.A. Uh, and so yeah. I don't think of it like beer, like like non-alcoholic beer. Like, oh, I'm going to get a beer, but with no flavor. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to get like just hopped water or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, a mocktail can be something as simple as ginger beer and cranberry juice. Um, or a Shirley Temple where it's it's yeah. grenadine and cola you know yeah. uh it, it's it's a drink that you can put in front of you that is a mixed drink mm -hmm. that isn't necessarily trying to replicate alcohol it's simply mashing up flavors that are kind of counter to one another or complement each other well and so you're not going to get your gin and tonic but there's no reason you couldn't do a ginger beer and grapefruit and and experience yeah. something completely different that still kind of fills that need and and scratches that itch. Yeah, if you if you ever like when you were younger went to a fast food chain where they had like serve yourself drinks and you made the fast food grog where you put like every soda in one in one cup, congratulations, you made yourself a mocktail. That's basically what it yep. is. We used to call you it graveyard. Sense. Great. Oh, graveyard. Okay. Graveyard, yeah. yeah. We, we, we called it fast food grog, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. No, my favorite thing was to go to the Taco Bell near where I was growing up because they had the soda machine and God, now I sound like I was born in the sixties. Well, Freaking Okay. But, <laughs> but they had, they had all the different flavors of Mountain Dew. Yeah. They yeah, didn't have you know, a soda jerk. We got to serve it ourselves. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. You, you get the Baja Blast mixed in with Code Red and the original. Plus you can pour some Pepsi and Dr. Pepper on top of that. Mm -hmm, oh, now mm -hmm. we're talking, son. That's right. That goes great with the, with the, the old 59, 79, 99 menu that they had. Yep. Yeah. Remember when 59. soft tacos were 79 cents? Oh my God. Yes, I do. The $2.39 <laughs> now. $2 I know. $2.39. I know. Man, I used to just get a bag full of tacos and burritos, and it only cost me like less than five dollars. Yeah, you, you know what's amazing is uh, I I was a teenager in Seattle, and uh, uh, I had my lunch menu plus tax down to a science. Yeah, where I would order a certain number of tacos and a large drink, and my total was five fifty five. Yeah, every time. Oh, and it was a pile of tacos it too. Was, it was like three or four tacos. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, was, yeah. They didn't skimp on the tacos, and the drink yeah. was like a dollar forty. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I miss old Taco Bell. Taco Bell now is just—I don't know. Maybe it's the—I I did go to a different Taco Bell. Oh gosh, it's been years. The one by the freeway uh, is not great. You got to go out of town no, to get. No, it was—it was an—it was, was an out of town one. The one close to me is not good either. Yeah. So that's why I don't go to Taco Bell that yeah. much anymore. And why would I? I got so many other great taquerias. They also charge why like twenty percent extra. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know if you what, noticed maybe... that, but you go to Taco Bell and it's like, yeah, I'll take these things that are a dollar a piece. Okay, that'll be $2.70. Like, that's not what, what I signed up for. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, T Taco Bell my me by me is $20 to buy my, my family dinner. Uh, mm -hmm. Taco Bell by you is $35 to buy my family yeah, dinner. Yeah, I don't know. What, the maybe same it's because close, it's close to the freeway, maybe? Yeah. That's my only guess. 12 pack of tacos is $20 now. That used to be $9.99. Yeah, I know. 
course, Carl's Jr. used to have a $6 burger, too. Yeah, that was only $4. Call it yeah. They don't use that term anymore. I don't think they do. They they do not. It's it's now the the gourmet burger or the restaurant burger oh, or something that like that. Burger. And uh and yeah, they start at like nine dollars. Oh god. Yeah. I, I love when I, my dad starts waxing poetic about about inflation as if it's like, oh, it's only fifty percent every generation or something like that. And it's like, Dad, mm. like it's tripled <laughs> in my lifetime. Yeah. Like in my lifetime, I paid a dollar for a gallon of gas. As a driving citizen with a license and a car, right. Right. it's now four thirty nine. But oh, please yeah. tell me how difficult it was to buy a house for seventy thousand dollars. <laughs> Sorry, I think his first my, was eighty nine. No, no, hey, you know my first house was under a hundred thousand. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for closing the door behind you. Yeah. <laughs> we we don't want to talk about like my house today was beyond McMansion money when yeah. you bought your first house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet. And it's a nice house. Like, No, I, it is nice. Like, I really like my house, but this is not the house that this amount of money buys. No. <laughs> yep. Fourth major financial crisis since 2000. Guess how long I've been an oh. adult. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that, and I'm like... Gosh, you know what? It's it's already bank failing season. I I still have my train derailment decorations. Up. Right, right. I didn't know I had to switch to 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 bank failing season. Yeah. <laughs> we got Pi Day yesterday and St. Patty's oh, Day yeah, on Friday. Pie, like yeah. that's right. Oh yeah. I, I don't know what I'm gonna do for St. Patty's Day. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna stay home. <laughs> Coming up to my tap house, I'll Uber down. Yeah, uh, I, I, that's the thing is I can't, uh, my wife is leaving, so I have to stay home. Oh. Yeah. She's going up, uh, uh, with a annual sisters <laughs> slash my sister's birthday. Yeah. Sister-in-law's getaway type of a thing. Yeah. Here's, here's how, here's how old I am. I'm not old, but here's how old I am. Um, I once filled my Geo Metro running on vapor for $9 and 40 cents. Oh, the Geo Metro, dude. That was like a lawnmower on wheels. I then drove 500 miles. Yeah. No, Geo Metro's I drove 500 cars. miles for $9.40. They were they were they were plastic uh <laughs> cars with a lawnmower engine. Yep. My, my like first garbage. car was a 93 Geo Metro two-door hatchback. 1 liter they were... automatic. Yeah, it was the were, worst were... of, of the bunch. Oh yeah, the only but thing worse would have been the four door, uh, yeah. with with the automatic. Like, yeah, my friend had one of those, and and they were not. I I got followed not by the cops one time because I did sixty seven and a fifty five, and the cop pulled into my front driveway after following me home and said, "How'd you get that thing up that fast?" <laughs> He's like, "I'm not giving you a ticket. I feel sorry for you." Right. I, I said it must have been a tailwind, and he laughed and yeah, drove I, off. <laughs> I, I had my back to the wind. That's how I got that speed. <laughs> I wasn't looking at the speedometer because what's the point? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, usually, when I go that fast, it starts shaking apart. Yeah. It would shake at seventy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not not just like the I need new tires shake, but like death wobble shake. Oh yeah. This was this is like it's gonna realign your back shake. Right. 
Cosworth sends over $2. This chat brought to you by A Boring Dystopia. Yeah. That's... <laughs> We're totally there. That's right. Uh, what's not a boring dystopia is New Holland has announced some new Dragon's Milk flavors. And I don't mm -hmm. know if I've ever been more excited for some beer announcements than I am for one of these. Yeah, me too. And we're big fans of uh, Dragon's Milk. Yes. As regular uh, viewers are. No. Right. But the only problem is we tend not to get these specialty flavors. Right. That's the bad part. <laughs> right. Um, I saw they came out with a red. I ah, literally be... yelped out loud. That's going to be great. A good red is absolutely delicious. A good red, but Dragon's Milk plus barrel aging. Oh, oh man. It's going to be good. Like, my favorite red ale is probably a Dawn of the Red from Ninkasi. Oh, yeah. Um, Terrific it, beer. It, it's it's a Northwest hopped red. It, it's yeah. it's kind Very of a forward. derivative flavor profile. Like, yes, it's a red ale, but it's also kind of an IPA, but it's not really an IPA because it's super malty, but also it has a hop profile, so it's not really a red ale. Like, like give me an English red and, and add just a little bit of back hopping to it. And it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And that's oh, what yeah. Dawn of the Red is. And there's a couple different ones around here like that. But I saw bourbon barrel aged red ale from Dragon's Milk. Mm. Gotta get it. All Gotta of my Michigan it. peeps who are watching right now or who will be watching or who I will talk to in the Discord later on tonight. Uh, I need this. Yes. I need this like I've never needed another beer before. Well, this is this is Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, any of those. Any yeah. of those places. Anybody yeah. in any those places. Not only that, it's still 11%. This Man, red ale I, is still 11%. I can't get a red ale beyond seven. I've had some some double reds, but I've never had one eleven. I've never had a double digit. Like like I've, I've had like an eight two or something like that. I think even because like usually Avery Avery Brewing in in uh, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Most of their stuff is like all double digit, uh, and even their red I don't think was eleven. I think their red was like nine or ten. Right, right. Yeah. And yes, Steve's webcam is glitching out. It's yes, just it's the glitching. webcam. We, 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 I discovered this right before we started the stream and just didn't have time to troubleshoot it. So yeah. Just got to live with being in the Matrix for now. Yeah. Uh, there's also the Taste of Gold, which is the Golden Ale bourbon barrel aged. Yeah, and that'd be interesting. Uh, I don't think, I don't know if I've ever had a barrel aged golden. I don't think I have either. Like, like, I've definitely had reds, and I've definitely had gold yeah. nails. I don't know that I've ever had either style that's barrel-aged. I've had a bourbon barrel-aged red before, and it was really good, but it wasn't It wasn't a double. It was just... Yeah. It was... Uh, who did it? I can't remember. I have to go look on, on Untapped, but I know I've had one before. Yeah. I, I, I grabbed I, it because I, I found it so interesting. I don't think I have, because if I see red ale on the menu, I will usually jump at it, and I don't remember any instance of me ordering a, a barrel-aged red or opening a barrel-aged red. So, yeah, Steve is AI-generated tonight. I am tonight, yeah. Yep. Very, very realistic. Could it be the green screen? No, because it's actually tearing the image. Yeah. No, it's it's not the green it's, screen. He's over here, and now he's over here for one frame. I I tested it outside of uh, outside of Zoom. I tested it on just the straight up Microsoft camera, and it was glitching there too. So yeah. it's it's either the camera itself 
or something with with windows I don't could know, be usb sure. could be the uvc could driver be. could be a yeah, lot of who knows things. yeah either way he's channeling epos fox yeah <laughs> just need to put some techno behind me and then it's gonna it's gonna make it just right which reminds me of the intro you got to do for epos fox's channel do you remember that oh yeah yeah i do remember that yeah <laughs> Epos's Vox coverage of CES is brought to you by Corsair, Elgato, and this guy. And this Jesus guy. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that was really fun. Oh, that was so great. <laughs> oh, Steve Hedrum. Boy, that's that's a that's an old reference too. Yep. I thought my talking heads reference earlier was was old yeah <laughs> i mean if you want to you could just call him jeeves that's what the rest of us do mm, mm -hmm. will that be also yeah yeah this is all uh another beer that i have to have uh firestone parabola it's probably my favorite annual release of any beer especially oh, firestone yeah. like it, it goes mm -hmm. straight to the top of my firestone list oh yeah um the 23 parabola and paraboloid um they have a trio of beers coming out in 2023 that are aged in blanton's weller's and what was the other one elijah craig elijah craig thank elijah you craig. yeah the blanton's one should be interesting yeah i've never i've seen elijah craig bourbon barrel aged and i've seen i've never seen blanton's before though yeah i've never seen no I, i've actually i think elijah craig they did in like 2018 and i had that bottle yeah. and it was amazing um but blanton's weller elijah craig is coming to parabola firestone in 2023 yeah. i i guarantee you the the uh the uh yeah the the the, the they're going to be the blantons is going to be the high highly sought after one oh definitely. I, I imagine i mean it's it's already a highly sought after you know bourbon well you could go weller as far as that too like over over here it's really weird mm -hmm. because i never considered weller like a a boutique brand before mm -hmm. but apparently it's like gangbusters in the midwest and the east coast oh gosh yeah it i, I was just talking uh i have a friend whose son was is in the it Navy. is always was... on the shelf and it's like a 25 to 30 dollar bourbon like it's yeah, not it's, exotic that, that's a, at all that's exactly what we were talking about he he was stationed in san diego for a while and uh um his his father told him hey go go pick up a bottle of eagle rare mm -hmm. which eagle rare is, is excellent yeah. and we can we can get it here fairly i mean sometimes it's hard to find sometimes it's pretty easy right. but for the most part it's not an expensive whiskey it's like 35 40 bucks yeah it, yeah right around 40 is what i've seen yeah before, it's usually. not it's not horrible down there in san diego it was almost a hundred dollars yeah for the same bottle and it's, that's crazy because usually you equate california with with cheap liquor right right <laughs> at least a lot we do of people at least we do in Oregon. yeah there's 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 literally a discount liquor store right over the border as soon as you cross the oregon border there's on one I on i5 and there's one on yeah. 101 yeah, the one on right there is my favorite. It's called uh, Last Chance Liquor. I've never been to that one. Yeah, it, oh, that one's my favorite one. And I think I told this story last week, but I was I was walking. Um, my daughter had to go to the bathroom. We were on a road trip. And so it's like we pulled over right before the Oregon border. And there's this little parking lot and a little beach access right there. And then on the other side of 101, hey, look, there's a liquor store. 
you know what? We're still in California. I might as well go peruse while, while we're taking care of things. So I walked in there and uh, I'm like, oh, they got, they got this one on the shelf. Cool. So I grabbed a bottle. And then I'm like, oh, they got this one too. Like, that's a really good oh, price. Sounds so, good so I grab that. And then one of the clerks walks up and goes, oh, hey, I'll hold those up at the counter for you. And took the bottles away and placed them on the counter. And I literally went, I have two free hands now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to fill these two hands. Right. I yeah. like this place. There, there was every, uh... every time I put a second bottle in my hand, the clerk would be right behind me going, oh, I'd be happy to hold those for you at the counter, sir. Uh, I left after spending like $300. Oh, yeah. So, so uh, you, you know my old neighbor, of course, you know, I don't want to yeah, say yeah. his name, but yeah, yeah. Uh, he used to be a volunteer fireman in Washington. And uh, he, um, his in-laws live in Chico, California. So every summer they take a trip down there uh, and visit their in-laws. Um, and they always stop off at the discount liquor store just right across I-5. And uh, when he was down there, he was there and he ran into somebody he knew when he was a voluntary fireman. He was a, a fireman in, in Washington, in Spokane, actually. And he was there with one of those tiny box U-Hauls mm -hmm. because liquor there is so much cheaper than it is in Washington that they take a U-Haul, drive from Spokane, Washington, all the way down to Northern California, buy thousands of dollars worth of booze, and drive it back because it's cheaper. They basically do a yearly trip. Yeah. Because it's cheaper that way. And then they have like booze for a year, basically. Uh yeah. And that's what that's what they do because yep. it's that much cheaper. Yep. Uh yes. <laughs> I've made that trip a couple of times. Yes, Not the Spokane I have to. to Chico, but but no, the, no, no. But but no, I mean when I go to California. California yeah, when I go to California, it's like Ah, discount liquor. Uh, yeah, I, I think I can need a bathroom break. Oh, there's a there's an Oregon grown comedian named uh, Dwight Slade, who uh, uh, does a joke about the Oregon the Oregon California border. Uh, he goes, whenever you pass through there, you have to go through a border check to get into California, and the reason right. you have to do that is they're trying to keep fruit flies out because yeah. they don't want the fruit flies to devastate the wine industry because of all the, the grapes and vineyards in Northern California. And so you pull up to the Oregon-California border going towards California, and he goes, it's always like this 96-year-old geriatric going, do you got any fruit in the vehicle? <laughs> he goes, one time I just want to drive up chewing in an apple core going, nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Right. Come at me, old man. Yeah, yeah. He used to have this entire like five minute bit that he would do on the Oregon California border. <laughs> yeah, I think they still. I mean, it's been a while since they crossed over the border. They they still do that. I think. Yes, they do. Which is kind of weird yeah. because. Do you have any? You know, Oregon, no, go on ahead. Or Oregon has just as big of a wine uh, industry wine as California hops, does now. Like yeah, like Oregon is an agricultural state still. Oh yeah, absolutely. And... But yeah, More you know, on the vice you know, side of things, from but... California to Oregon, you just buzz through the border like. There's we, no we gates, grow, there's no yeah. stop, there's no We do we do we grow hops, we do grapes for wine, we we do most of the grass for golf courses we do all cherries, over the world. We do cherries, apricots, apples, uh, apples uh what we call Marion berries. Yep. Blackberries. Uh <laughs> 
blackberries everyone else it's marion berries uh, to us black blackberries are a nuisance around here they There's are so many yeah. blackberries uh filberts sorry hazelnuts yeah. hazelnuts filberts yeah we call them filberts they're hazelnuts mm -hmm. uh yeah actually i think the distinction is is uh filberts are cultivated and hazelnuts are wild kind of i think that's what it is yeah i, I think i remember someone telling me that once yeah but we grow them so they're filberts we grow them yes the yeah. filberts yeah uh, $2 super chat from Tech Geek. Thank you very much. Uh, D's Nuts. Got him. I don't know what that was in reference to because it was a couple <laughs> I minutes ago. I don't know what it was. Cosworth, $2. I would not trust anyone from Washington, more so Southwest Washington. Right. You get close to that, like Astoria border, it gets a little sketchy. Oh, yeah. And Tech Geek sends over another $5. No one really is named Lance anymore, but back in medieval times, people used to be named Lance a lot. A lot. <laughs> In a roundabout way. Points. <laughs> Literally walked right into that one. Yeah. Tech Geek sends over another $5. Do you ever see Mount Rushmore before it was carved? Its natural beauty is unprecedented. Uh, <laughs> Tech Geek is, is uh, Googling dad jokes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's blue... What's blue but smells like red paint? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Blue paint. <laughs> that's, that's my terrible. favorite. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's this guy that um, I work with, and I work from home, so all the, all our meetings are virtual. Yeah. But every meeting I have with this guy, it, he always ends it with a dad joke. Every single time he ends it with a dad joke. Yep. It's kind of funny. Uh, let's see. Uh, what do you call a person on a swing with no arms or legs? I, I, I know what you call a person sitting on their doorstep with no arms and no legs. Uh, and I know somebody you call someone in a swing pool with no arms, and no legs. Yeah, no, it's not I a would, swimming pool joke. What do you call okay. someone on a swing with no arms and no legs? I'm going to say, I, I don't know. I'm, it's, it's escaping me. It's got to be obvious. Sarah? <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Sarah. <laughs> okay. It's going somewhere. No. Knock, knock. She doesn't have arms or legs. Oh, she's got her legs. Okay. I got, <laughs> knock, knock. I got you. There you go. Ah. <laughs> uh... So any doubt that I'm a father of three? Like, oh yeah. I I love the uh, little kid stage where they make up their jokes that make no sense. Yes. They're like, yeah. Uh, little bit is the best at that. Yeah. Is the I'm gonna say a pun. I'm gonna say a joke that's been set up a million times before. And then I'm going to say a punchline that's been told a million times before, but, but none that sense. match. Yeah. <laughs> they don't get the humor yet. Right. Yeah. The, 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 the connection is lost. Right. And so yeah. they understand that it's funny and they understand the setup and they understand the payoff. They yeah. don't understand how to get the payoff from the right. setup. Right. And she is freaking adorable when she does it because she makes herself laugh when she does it. 
Yeah. And so she'll go, why did the chicken cross the road? And you go, why? And she'll go, uh, gosh, like, what's one of hers? Because the cow ate it or something like that. Right. <laughs> and, and she'll go, uh, just, she'll like, you know, do the, the, the payoff to what do you like call someone in the swimming pool with no arms yeah. and no legs because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah is how she it. finishes her jokes it's adorable the complete non sequiturs yes they crack me up yeah uh t-mobile scoops up owner ryan reynolds uh yes and sorry not scoops we... up mint mobile owner ryan reynolds back to bent mint mobile uh, for $1.35 billion. So yeah. Ryan Reynolds has sold Mint Mobile for $1.35 billion. It's no wonder my ad wasn't approved with this change right. in management. Yeah. Or may maybe, maybe they were so mad. He was so mad that they rejected your ad. He's like, I'm just selling Right, he's so pissed off and... with like, we yeah. can't even hire was, this guy. Like, That I was the perfect ad. Company. Why did you guys, ah, you guys suck. I guess sell you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. 1.35 billion. I know. I know. That's he's a billionaire. You well, would I'm not sure have gonna called that when Green Lantern came out. No, absolutely not. <laughs> You're like, he's a flash in the pan actor. He ain't going nowhere. I mean, he had two guys, a girl in a pizza place, which is my favorite reference because no one ever remembers he did a sitcom for like four years. I yeah, I know. And it it was it wasn't like Pop, but it was fairly it was reasonably funny uh, yeah. if you think about the sitcoms that it was airing against if you think of like dharma and greg right. and and then like nypd blue and and shows like that mm -hmm. it held its own yeah no it was it and if you watch the old the, the those episodes you definitely see you know the origins of deadpool and stuff oh, like yeah. that because he kind of plays the almost the same type of you know, cocky character right. type of guy. Right. Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds. I mean, that's yes. Just, yeah, there's no, a reason why no, they his humor hired... 25 years ago was the it's... same thing you see today, just yeah, slightly exactly. less refined. And I say only yeah. slightly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you you see him do Green Lantern and you're like, oh, this dude's career's over. Like, like yeah. he had a good run, better go to stand up yeah. comedy or become a writer. Like, like right. that's your future. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Now, he... Now he now, has now well over a billion dollars. Yeah, a billion dollars and 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 lots of gin, as much gin as he can drink. Yep. Tech geek, two dollars. Orion's belt is just a big waste of space. <laughs> That's right. It's true. Yeah. Uh, Cosworth, two dollars. Uh, what does a baby computer call his father? Data. Yeah, data. Data or data? I say data. That makes more sense. Yeah the joke anyway well one is my name the other is not <laughs> all right uh i'm either gonna pour myself another cocktail or we're gonna talk some episode four of star trek picard yes i i actually do have some reserved beer here, sweet so i might pour myself some of that you're not driving anymore nope i am not going anywhere tonight i'm flying uh enterprise right now so right i can i can just it, uh, tell someone else <laughs> this is not sent the hall that, that was okay that's one thing i have to say about new trek here all right they're obviously not drinking sent the hall in that bar nope they're not because they're getting wasted right picard and Riker are are getting wasted 
That well, is not Synthahol. Well, no, Picard and Riker were on Earth at the time. Yes, they were on Earth. Which which so, wouldn't serve Synthahol. Synthahol was mandated by Starfleet to be served on Starships, which gives it a similar flavor, but doesn't have the intoxicating effects. That didn't stop, stop Scotty, though. But he's he smuggled that in, though. Right, he didn't never stopped Scotty. Uh, it didn't stop did. Riker from bringing in Romulan Ale. It didn't stop Mariner from getting the same. Like, yeah. like they're still... Like, yeah, okay. You it's bring there. it on the ship, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, it didn't stop Guinan from bringing her stuff on, and it yeah. seems not to have stopped uh, Picard from bringing on wine, or Captain Shaw from bringing on his own vintage of wine that right. he preferred. So so this is like, it was a rule, but but Federation didn't really care that much, because it was kind of like everyone's breaking it anyway. Right, right. It's, so it's, it's, if, it's if kinda you go like... to the official bar on, on a spaceship, you're going to get sent the hull. If yeah. you talk to the right people, you can get, get some Elder Baron whiskey. Like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I don't want, I don't really want to spoil too much of the story because the story is amazing, but I want to focus on that holodeck scene. So, okay. um, I'm not going to say who, but uh, there, there's a character in there who Picard wants to get to know a little bit better. And so they walk onto the holodeck and he goes, can I have five minutes of your time? And uh, mm -hmm. he goes, how about a, you know, a, a, a glass of Chateau Picard? You know, we, we, we make this ourselves and whatnot. And he goes, I'm really more of a whiskey guy. And the cheaper, the better. He says, All right, yeah. let's, let's have some whiskey on whiskey on the rocks. So he pours a bottle of whiskey in there, sharing a bottle of whiskey. And uh, by the way, they're in well a desolate situation. The... Wait, 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 yeah, yeah. Back, back to our original thing. So, uh, yes, you're right. It was in a desolate situation, and that's and and the power was going out. But they even explained that the holodeck had a separate power for this particular type of situation, so uh -huh. people can gather because it was very dire. It right. was like, say your goodbyes, have your last meal, your last drink. Yep. Do you think at that point? They stop serving Synthahol. Because it I is a federation. Guarantee, I guarantee anyone who had a bottle brought it to the holodeck. Like, like in my in my mind's mind, that's what I'm imagining. It's like, well, I'm out of the holodeck now. I would think in that type of situation, they would they would stop serving Synthahol. Right. Just like, all right, just yeah. all right, whiskey just out. All, let's go. All, all yeah. yeah. 90 proof, 101 proof. We're we doing Jaeger shots. Let's let's get this done. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, once more into the fray. Last good fight I'll ever know. <laughs> Right. But if there's if there's multiple there's gotta be multiple well, let's see. Because there's gonna be a bar scene for those type of situations. But you, you also gotta know there's probably a holodeck reserved for like orgies or something like that. Because like, you know, say you got two different mindsets right going on here. Right. <laughs> they can't show that one on Picard, obviously. Maybe in lower decks they might show some. Right. Anyway, the, there was actually some lower decks inspired stuff in Yes, there was in, there in was. season three so far. But yeah. Picard's trying to have five minutes of time with with someone he wants to get to know a little better. Correct. And uh Correct. they're they're in a death spiral. They're like, you're going to be crushed by the gravimetric field in less than an hour. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to die. And uh Captain Shaw comes in. And Captain Shaw has been pretty seriously injured like like mm -hmm. he's got a cane and he's completely immobilized on his right leg from the waist down he was coughing up blood from internal bleeding and, and crap mm -hmm. like he was practically on death's door and he comes walking in and uh um 
Picard is waxing poetic about this old story with with an old comrade of his and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And uh, Shaw pipes up. And Shaw, who had been either very heavily on painkillers or drinking in his quarters or both, probably both, um, yeah. goes, do you know how I first met Picard? Stardate 402.34.7 is a little sector Wolf 359 is, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of, of Federation people died. 30 ships, mm-hmm. one made it out. And he goes, I was on one of those ships. And his retelling of this story right. is haunting. Oh, yeah. It's um, like it's like extreme survivor's guilt. For, for those who loved episode one of Deep Space Nine, where you have Jean-Luc Picard coming to bring on the new commander at Deep Space Nine and say, like, oh, you've got a heck of a mission in front of you, Commander. You know, you've got to bring peace among the Bajoran, the Bajoran factions and, you know, open trade routes and commerce routes and everything else. And Cisco going, I didn't sign up for this. I don't want this. This is not the command I wanted. Mm-hmm. And this is crap. And uh, Picard will goes, well, I guess we could look into reassigning you, but it's going to take some time. And uh, Picard let, or Cisco lets slip that, you know, he goes, Picard goes, I'm sorry, have we met before? And Cisco goes, yes, sir, we met in battle at Wolf 359, which yeah. means you killed everything that I know and hold dear. Right. And I hate you. Unequivocally, I hate you. Uh, in the meantime, in the meantime, I will do my job to the best of my ability, sir. And and that was the defiant, headstrong, pissed off, beyond remorse uh, Cisco that basically told the childhood hero for a bunch of people to F off. And it right. it was actually a pretty pivotal moment in like Star Trek history. I think Shaw's was better. Oh, you think you think his was better? I think the survivor's well, he, he guilt. Had, he had, yeah, this very much survivor's guilt, and it wasn't, and it wasn't that. Uh, you know, I don't want to give too much away of his story, but it wasn't like anybody's fault either. Right. It was left up. It was left up to random chance. Right. To him. He he goes. You know, there were fifty of us, but only uh oh, one life pod and yeah. only ten seats. And we're not going to fight amongst each other. We're all friends. And yeah. until some random lieutenant walked up and goes, you. You, 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 you. You. Me. Yeah. I'm lucky number 10. Why am I lucky number 10? I'm just some dipshit from Boston. Mm-hmm. I'm quoting, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, holy crap. What a freaking scene. Yeah. What a turn of events what a sway of emotion what storytelling happened inside it's, it's that really holodeck. it's really good because at the beginning when you first meet shaw yeah they try to make him out like a bad guy yeah. right he's he's like he's giving Riker, which i Picard still love so much static as a character right uh Respect and then and then the hell and then it. and then you realize why later right they actually flush out his character. They actually it's make him so something. Good. And that's that's what makes this series so much better. Yeah. Um this it's much better. Acting is well, I, the acting the acting was real fine, but the, the writing is so much better. Uh um um, yeah, there's it's... actually a petition on change.org right now to uh-huh. give the reins of Star Trek to Terry Metalus, who is the showrunner for Picard season three. Yeah. 
Oh, um, absolutely. And give Todd Sawick, aka Captain Shaw, his own show. Well, that would be cool. I want a Captain Shaw series. Yeah. I, I want to explore new life, new civilizations, new things yeah. that we've never seen before. Strange Strange New Worlds, fantastic. I love Strange I New Worlds. I freaking love Strange love New Worlds. It's the yeah. best Star Trek we've gotten I, since I just, Voyager, probably. I just I just finished it, too. I just finished that one, too, because I, I yeah. had to wait for, for you know my wife to, to want to watch it. But it's great. Strange I mean, New Worlds. I, I, I absolutely love how they meld the aesthetics of the old original star trek mm-hmm. but still make it look modern yeah they have like the old uniforms in fact i love the last episode how they had future pike come visit older pike and he's wearing uh wrath of khan era yeah uh so starship great. uniforms that's like, such that's a good great. touch that's great and it's um, like <laughs> but yeah uh terry Matalus, he's uh he's the showrunner executive producer for Star Trek Picard season three. Um, The. I I said at the beginning when we said we weren't going to do spoilers yet that I thought season three of Picard is some of the best Star Trek we've ever seen. I've seen it. Yeah. In a long time. Absolutely. And Strange New Worlds is fantastic. And I I don't want to understate that I'm giving Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks both their Mm -hmm. due because they're both fantastic. They've been fantastic from the start. Mm -hmm. Picard is hitting on another level. It is yeah. hitting on more cylinders than I've ever seen a Star Trek show hit before. Yeah. Um, it's it's what we were hoping season one and season two would be. It really is. And it and it's it's and it's this is this is like this is like a redemption story, right? Where Absolutely redemption. Story. I gave season one pretty good overall marks. I think I'm on record as saying it's a B minus, and then I think I've I've said season two was a solid B. Mm-hmm. Where above average of what you've been putting out, it's it's about what I expected, but also had some fantastic moments and not too many lulls. Whereas yeah. season one, it seemed to drag on for a little bit. There were yeah. character moments that really didn't need to be in there. And then there's other ones that stretched too long. There were a couple leaps of of like like filling putting too much air into a balloon. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, we have this crystal that can replicate our ships and make it look like we have an army of 10,000 fighters yeah, and, and whatnot. And it's like, I, I, I didn't really buy into that, but at the same time, yeah. it gave some character stories that were some of the best that we've ever seen yeah. in relation to data and Q and, and some others. Right. So you have to give them their due. They're definitely worth the watch, but I wouldn't want, it's not season five and six of DS nine. It's not season no. seven of TNG. Yeah um where you know you've still got some pretty high benchmarks that you're trying to hit season three of picard four episodes in i'm gonna call it best best season of star trek ever uh yeah it's it's way up there like i said it's here and here's the reason why i super like it because like i said before the first four episodes are very much like almost encompassed movie and you know, we've talked about this before. One of my favorite Star Trek movies is Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of beats in this that are identical to Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Even like even up to the space battles where where there there's like a uh, you know a, a hunter and hunted type of scenario, and they have to go into the nebula and hide yeah. and look and looking around and trying to figure out how to. That's great. That has the exact same beats like Wrath of Khan did. Yeah. 
the, um, the the characters that they brought back they brought back for very specific purposes with very mm-hmm. specific storylines th- this wasn't the reunion special that i feared it would turn into of like hey yeah it wasn't like it's like yeah it's not it, and that's, the, that's like, the nice thing it's like it's not like everybody all of a sudden showed up right all together in fact not everybody's even shown up yet it's only been four episodes and there's right. only been what Okay, there's Riker, there's Riker. Troy has yeah. made a video appearance because there was Just no need to bring slightly her there. And then Worf only showed up. And Worf is still like, working alongside Starfleet in some regard, but right. is completely un unconnected to the main storyline. Yeah, story he's line. unconnected to the main storyline, but he's there. Right. And and so far there's 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 Jordy hasn't showed up. Yep. Uh we we haven't seen although anything mentioned. Of, right. although mentioned, yes, his his daughter is on is mm-hmm. on um uh, the, the ship. And then um, there's no mention of. I don't. Are they are they supposed to bring back O'Brien? I don't know. <laughs> I, keep I would consider hoping, main, I keep hoping they'll member, give but... DS9 its due in some way, shape, or form. They did make a fantastic yeah. reference to Odo. Yeah, they um, did. That's right. That's where right. Odo contacted right. Worf from the the Great Link to say, yeah. "Hey, some of my people are not so happy about this whole yeah. treaty bullshit, yeah. and they're they're looking to to not be." Tr- Tretius anymore yes, yes um so yeah like the, they're i love the meme and i think it is so true that uh uh starfleet picard season three and then it's inside the trojan horses tng season eight yeah and then episode three hit where it was revealed there's changelings here. And it says DS9 in there. Inside the Trojan horse for TNG season eight is another Trojan horse that says DS9 season eight. Yeah. <laughs> no, they do. They they bring it all back together. It's it's so and it's so well written. There's yeah, nothing in there that's just superfluous. There's nothing in there that really doesn't belong or tell a story. Yeah. And nor are there things that are there just to throw in there. Like everything kind of has a purpose. And yeah. I'm just so happy for it so far. Yeah. I, I, I am, am absolutely happy for it. Yep. Um, in fact, tonight it's going to be a new episode. So yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go to watch it tonight, but <laughs> uh, I watch on Thursday nights. So Thursday yeah. after dinner, me and my wife sit down and we watch, we watch right. Picard. I, I will probably be watching cause my wife has to leave on Friday. So yes, I will be angling to watch it. Awesome. Tomorrow. Cool. Anyway, that's going to do it for episode 276 of Talking Heads. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Join us every Wednesday mm-hmm. night at 6 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. Two very quick last super chats. Uh, tech Geek sends over another $5. Do you know how Bilbo managed to survive the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy? Because old hobbits try hard, die hard. Uh, and another five dollars. Uh, you know why Switzerland has barcodes on the side of their ships? So I when they come one. back to port, they can scan the Scandinavian. Yeah. Nice. I remember. I heard that one before. That's that's a dead. That's joke. a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, what's brown and kind of sticky? Dung. Oh wait, no, that's a, the bell. This probably sound like a bell is dung. A stick. <laughs> a stick. Yeah. Yeah. What's brown and sounds like a bell? Dung. Yeah, what's brown and sticky? A stick. Big stick, yeah. Anyway, thank you all so much for watching. And as always, we will catch you next week. Oh, and you guys later. by the way, next week will oh. be about an hour late. Uh, we're going to start at 7 instead of 6 because I have somewhere else to be. So, All right. It'll be delayed, but still here. Same 
bat channel but same bat different channel bat time temporary bat time yeah that's right not here for a bat time just a good time yeah it's a delayed daylight savings time yes 